Chapter Fifty Eight of the Headless Horseman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Headless Horseman by M. Reed. Chapter Fifty Eight. Recoiling from a Kiss. For full ten minutes was the wild chorus kept up, the mare all the time squealing like a stuck pig, while the dog responded in a series of lugubrious howls that reverberated along the cliffs on both sides of the creek to the distance of a mile might the sounds have been heard and as zeb stump was not likely to be far from the hut he would be certain to hear them convinced of this and that the hunter would soon respond to the signal he had himself arranged phelim stood square upon the threshold in hopes that the lady visitor would stay outside at least until he should be relieved of the responsibility of admitting her notwithstanding her earnest protestations of amity he was still suspicious of some treasonable intention towards his master else why should zeb have been so particular about being summoned back of himself he had abandoned the idea of offering resistance that shining pistol still before his eyes had cured him of all inclination for a quarrel with the strange equestrian and so far as the connemara man was concerned she might have gone unresisted inside but there was another from connemara who appeared more determined to dispute her passage to the hut one whom a whole battery of great guns would not have deterred from protecting its owner this was tara the staghound was not acting as if under the excitement of a mere senseless alarm mingling with his prolonged sonorous gowl could be heard in repeated interruptions a quick sharp bark that denoted anger he had witnessed the attitude of the intruder its apparent hostility and drawing his deductions had taken stand directly in front of phelim and the door with the evident determination that neither should be reached except over his own body and after running the gauntlet of his formidable incisors isidora showed no intention of undertaking the risk she had none astonishment was for the time the sole feeling that possessed her she remained transfixed to the spot without attempting to say a word she stood expectingly to such an eccentric prelude there should be a corresponding finale perplexed but patiently she awaited it of her late alarm there was nothing left what she saw was too ludicrous to allow of apprehension though it was also too incomprehensible to elicit laughter in the mien of the man who had so oddly comported himself there was no sign of mirth if anything a show of seriousness oddly contrasting with the comical act he had committed and which plainly proclaimed that he had not been treating her to a joke the expression of helpless perplexity that had become fixed upon her features continued there until a tall man wearing a faded blanket coat and carrying a six-foot rifle was seen striding among the tree trunks at the rate of ten miles to the hour he was making direct for the jackalay at sight of the newcomer her countenance underwent a change there was now perceptible upon it a shade of apprehension and the little pistol was clutched with renewed nerve by the delicate hand that still continued to hold it 
The act was partly precautionary, partly mechanical, nor was it unnatural. In view of the formidable-looking personage who was approaching, and the earnest, excited manner with which he was hurrying forward to the hut, all this became altered as he advanced into the open ground and suddenly stopped on its edge. A look of surprise quite as great as that upon the countenance of the lady supplanting his earnest glances some exclamatory phrases were sent through his teeth unintelligible in the tumult still continuing through the gesture that accompanied them seemed to proclaim them of a character anything but gentle on giving utterance to them he turned to one side strode rapidly towards the screaming mare and laying hold of her tail which no living man save himself would have dared to do he released her from the torments she had been so long enduring silence was instantly restored since the mare abandoned by her fellow choristers as they became accustomed to her wild neighs had been for some time keeping up the solo by herself the lady was not yet enlightened her astonishment continued through a side glance given to the droll individual in the doorway told her that he had successfully accomplished some scheme with which he had been entrusted phelim's look of satisfaction was of short countenance it vanished as zeb stump having effected the deliverance of the tortured quadruped face round to the hut as he did so showing a cloud upon the corrugations of his countenance darkly ominous of an angry storm even the presence of beauty did not hinder it from bursting durn a dog and ye for an irish idiot ere this what you've brought me back for and jest as i were taking sight on a turkey not less than thirty pound weight i reckon scarce afore he could touch trigger wi the screek o that cussed critter omar damned little chance for breakfast now but mr stump didn't yez tell me to do it ye said of any man should be comin to the cabin bah ye fool you don't suppose i mean women did ye trath i didn't think it was one when she first presented herself yet should seen the way she rid up sittin astraddle on her horse what matter it how she yer were sittin hadn't ye seed that afore ye greenhorn it's their usual way among these here mexican shemales ye more a woman than she air i guess and twenty times more a fool that i'm sartin to know i know her a leetle by sight and something more by report what have you fetched the critter for ain't so difficult to comprehend though it may be to get out her seatin as she can only talk it through her mexican lingo the which this chilly can't nor wouldn't ef he could sowl mr stump yez me mistaken she speaks english too don't yez mistress little ingles returned the mexican who up to this time had remained listening? Ingles poco posito. Oh, ah! exclaimed Zeb, slightly abashed at what he'd been saying. I beg your pardon, senorita. You can habla a bit American, can ye? Mucho bono. So much the betterer. Ye be able to tell me what ye mout be a wantin' out here. He ain't lost your way, have he? No, senor, was the reply after a pause in that case you know where you are si senor si yes of don mauricio zirau this the house that air the name near as a mexican mouth can made it i reckon 
I taint much of the house. But it e'er isn't. Perhaps you want to see a master of it? Oh, senor, yes. That is for why I here am. Poor Asta Yoisoyaki. Well, I reckon, there can be no objection to your seeing him. Your intentions ain't nowadays hostile to the young feller, I calculate. Burr there ain't much good in your talking to him now. He won't know yo from a side from o sole leather. He is ill, has met with some misfortune. El Guero has said so. Yes, I told her that, interposed Philem, whose carroty hair had earned for him the appellation El Guero. Sartin, answered Zeb, here wounded a bit. And just now a leetle delirious, I reckon it ain't so much consequence. He'll be yourself again soon's the raven's fit's gone off o' of him. Oh, sir, can I be his nurse till then? Por amor, Dios, let me enter and watch over him. I am his friend, un amigo muy afeccionado. Well, I don't see as there's any harm in it. Women makes the best of nusses, I hear and say. Though for myself, I ain't had much chance of trying em since I kivered up my old gear uner the sods of Mississippi. If you want to take a spell by the side of the young feller, you're welcome, seeing you're his friend. You can look after him till we get back, and see that he don't tumble out of the bed, or claw off them bur bandages. I've tied round them. Trust me, good sir, I shall take every care of him. But tell me what has caused it the indians no they are not near has there been a quarrel with any one in that senorita you're about as wise as i air myself there's been a quarrel with coyotes but that ain't what's gin him the ugly me i found him yesterday clossed upon sundown in the chaparral beyond when we came upon him he wore up to his waist in a water o creek as runs through there just about to be attacked by one of them spotty critters your people call tigers well, I relieved him o' oh, that bit o' danger, but what had happened afore ere a mystery to me. The young feller had took leave o' his senses, and kidney no account o' hisself. He hain't recovered them yet, and therefore we must wait till he do. But you are sure, sir, he is not badly injured? His wounds, they are not dangerous? No danger whatsomediver. Nothing beyond a bit o' fever, or maybe a touch o' the edgy, when that goes off o' him. As for the wounds, they are only win a scratches. When the wandering have gone out of his senses, he'll soon come round, I reckon. In a week's time, you'll see him as strong as a buck. Oh, I shall nurse him tenderly. Well, that's very kind of you, but... But... Zeb hesitated as a queer thought came before his mind. It led to a train of reflections kept to himself. They were these. This air that came she as sent them kickshaws to the tavern o raw as ready that she air in love with the young feller as clear as mississippi mud in love with him to the ends o' her toenails so the t'other but it air equally clear that he's thinkin o the t'other and not o her now if she hears him talk about t'other as she has been doin all o the night there'll be a pretty considerable rumpus risen side o her bosom poor thing i pity her she ain't a bad sort, but the Irish, Irish though he be, can't belong to both. I know he freezes to the critter from the States. It air durn awkward. Better if I could persuade her not to go near him, leastwise till he gets over ravin' about Lewise. 
but miss he continued addressing himself to the mexican who during his long string of reflections had stood impatiently silent don't you think he'd better ride home again and come back to see him after he gets well he won't know ye as i've said and it won't be no use o' your stayin since he ain't in any danger o' makin a die of it no matter that he may not know me i should tend him all the same he may need some things which i can send and procure for him if you're bound to say then rejoined zeb relentingly as if some new thought was causing him to consent i won't interfere to say no but don't you mind what he'll be plaverin about ye may hear some queer talk o him beout a man being murdered and a like that's natural for any one as is delirious don't be scared at it besides ye may hear him talkin a deal about a woman and he's got a bon his mind a woman just so you'll hear him make a mention o her his name her name senor what name well it air the name of his sister i reckon fact i'm sure o it's been his sister oh mr stump if yez be spankin of master maurice shut up ye darn fool what is to you what i'm speaking about you can't understand such things come along he continued moving off and motioning the connemara man to follow him i want ye a little way with me i killed a rattle as i were goin up in the crick and left it there kern you and tow it back to the shanty here lest some varmint may make away with it and lest after all i mountain strike turkey again a rattle divya's man a rattlesnake and what should i mean sure mr stump yez one ate a snake lard wouldn't it poison yez pizen be durned didn't i cut the pison out soon's i killed the critter by cuttin off o his head trath and for all that i wouldn't ate a morsel of it if i was starvin sturve and be durned well to ye who axes ye to eat it i only want ye to throw it at home come then as do i tell you or doggoned if i don't make it ye the head o the reptile pison fangs and all be japers mr stump i didn't mean to disobey you at all at all sure it's philem o'nail that's ready to do your biddin anyhow i'm wid ye forever yez want even a swallow in the snake hole st patrick forgive me st patrick be jurned come along phelim made no farther remonstrance but striking into the tracks of the backwoodsman followed him through the wood isadora entered the hut advanced towards the invalid reclining upon his couch with fierce fondness kissed his fevered brow fonder and fiercer kissed his unconscious lips and then recoiled from them as if she had been stung by a scorpion worse than scorpion's sting was that which had caused her to spring back and yet twas but a word a little word of only two syllables there is nothing strange in this oft on one word that soft short syllabic yes rests the happiness of a life while oft too oft the harsher negative is the prelude to a world of war End of chapter fifty eight